0: You know, I think that's, a, that's an amazing question, and it's something that's kept me up overnight.
1: Hey, everyone, it's Antonio Del Rosa with Jack Calkins, and we are very excited to introduce our most recent episode of the podcast, the current dean of the faculty at the United States Air Force Academy, Brigadier General LaTondra. General LaTondra is a 1996 graduate of the Air Force Academy, and I mean, she did it all while she was here. She was spring commander, distinguished graduate, astro major. I mean, come on. Um, After an impressive career as a JAG, that's right, she was an ASTRO major and then became a judge advocate. Uh, She returned to the academy in 2015 as a permanent professor and the law department head. Uh, She was then chosen as dean of the faculty uh, in October of 2019. And for everyone's essay, previous deans have been beloved by cadets and General LaTundra is no exception. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy our conversation with the dean. I was actually in ROM two and I was working out in the quad and you had, um, we're walking around checking on cadets and you actually, uh, we got the chance to speak for a few minutes. Um, and when you found out that I was, you know the wing honor education officer, you had mentioned that you, we'd like to talk. And so I'm finally, or I'm very excited that we're finally getting the chance to, to talk. Um,
0: I am too, and I'm glad you're out of ROM. It's yeah. much better about ROM, <laughs> Absolutely. isn't
1: Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Um, but. As so as you know, um, I live in the the Wingstaff hallway, and I walk by the portraits of the Wing Commanders, and I noticed your portrait up there as Wing Commander. So, can you go into you, you were obviously Wing Commander? Um, it was. was it the spring? It was, sem- it was the
0: spring semester Wing Commander? Mm-hmm. Yes which uh, it has its own unique challenges uh, with uh, firsties in their last semester here and staying motivated all the way through. Uh, but it was a, an amazing experience. Exactly. Uh, I, I look back and think about the the leadership lessons that I learned during that semester um, and mostly learned of when I screwed up, right? Of when I, uh, I didn't, I look back and go, gosh, I could have done that differently and and those 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 lessons you really carry with you mm-hmm. um, in your career and uh, and it was a it was a real honor and a privilege. Um, although I am sorry that you have to look at a very old photo <laughs> <laughs> of me as you walk uh, out of your dorm every day.
1: <laughs> and so obviously, when you were um, here, obviously high aspirations. While you're here for you know, wing commander, did you ever think about returning as? um permanent professor department head or even as the dean one day well
0: you know i i love this place i really do. and i know it sounds cheesy I, i've always loved this place even as a cadet uh, maybe not every day right uh, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, we all have days but um i knew that i loved teaching i was a soaring instructor pilot actually and and along yeah. the way um i i recognized that i loved the teaching part Mm -hmm. I love teaching someone something, and and so with that, you know, I obviously had a slight change of heart because I was an astro engineering major, right, and then uh, around the fall semester of my first year figured out, hey, I think I want to go to law school, which is like a totally 180, right, Right. Um, and so along the way I knew, well, maybe I could get back here someday just to teach once um and uh got that opportunity when i was a captain um and really got hooked uh, on, on not only teaching but the scholarship and the research and the publishing mm-hmm. and uh and then hope, hope it was my i was like well maybe maybe i could come back as a permanent professor the idea of being dean never never crossed my mind <laughs> here but here but here we
1: are
2: so here we are it's crazy how things work out <laughs>
1: that
2: yeah. way. so as you're a cadet and then changing to now being the dean how has your perspectives changed since since you were here the first time second time the third time is this the fourth time no this is the third this is so the third uh
0: time? so my i uh professor into dean kind of uh, has just uh continued so but i have a, a little unknown uh, a scary fact i've spent more time in this building we're sitting in fairchild right mm-hmm. home right yep. than anywhere else in my entire life so wow. how's that for uh, you know how many people can say that right uh, um, I guess my g- great question about um, how my perspective has changed um, I guess i've grown in appreciation about what the honor code means
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, i've grown in appreciation and I guess part of that's natural right um, as we get older we our our thoughts mature we we think about things maybe in a different way. I guess today versus when I was a cadet, um, I recognize how much honor has simplified my life. Mm -hmm. And when we think about stress, right? And we think about, um, I don't think when I was a cadet, I recognized the simplification of what Mm -hmm. honor provided. Uh, Honor makes things easy. It provides a very clear perspective about what's right and what's not right, and you never have to think back. You know, when if if I'm talking with my husband now, I don't have to think back about, well, which which version of truth did I tell? You?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: it's it, it's easy to remember because it's <laughs> the truth. Um, and this, I've also found that that simplification has made it easier in my engagements as a pr- member of the profession of arms. Um, because I am candid, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you can ask my my peers and and uh, my people who've worked for me before. Um, sometimes candor hurts, right? Feedback it makes feedback a little harder, right? When uh, not everybody gets a trophy, right? Um, it's hey, this is where you're doing well, and this is where you can improve. And I actually tie that back to my experiences with the honor code. Um, as a cadet, uh, of really simplifying um, not only your communications, but your actions, uh, because it all goes back to a very basic fundamental principle of, am I telling the truth? Mm-hmm. Am I cheating my, myself or others? Um, or am I taking anything from anybody else? So it goes beyond this, the actual words, I guess, of the code into more of a broader sense.
1: Mm-hmm. That's it. A- it's a very interesting answer. I I really really love what you said, and especially because I feel like here, it's almost I almost think of it as something that's difficult, um, just because it's it really is like living with character. I think is is a lifelong commitment, and you know there's so many things every day that's going to challenge your character and your integrity. Um, the most minute things to, to to very large things and so to hear you say well in reality it's really quite simple is is honestly refreshing um and i i really do like that um talking about pressure and the stress that kind of you know lying or or cheating um provides so one of the things that Uh, I think we can agree on is that cheating is something that's just, it's gonna happen. You can never completely get rid of it 100%. But like a complaint that we often hear from cadets is that they feel a lot of pressure to um, excel, especially here where I would say we're all um, type A personalities and and people with aspirations. but their class rank, cadets' class rank, depends on doing well academically, or uh, influencing job qualifications, or you know, careers. Even so, what can cadets do to manage kind of that pressure of um, cheating or, or or honor and integrity when it sometimes, I don't know, gives cadets the impression that they have no option. Um, that they have to in order to excel here.
0: Yeah, no, great question. You know, you know, and I, I hear this a lot, right? On mm-hmm. um, the the pressure that academics have. So let's start with a little myth busting. <laughs> all right, about uh, because it's always important for us to first understand what are the facts that mm-hmm. go into um, your overall performance average. Okay. Absolutely. So the vast majority of of our cadets, right, want to go to pilot training. So what is pilot training? It's 50% OPA, overall performance average, and 50% PIXM. And PIXM is everything from how you do on the AFOQT, um, flight hours, uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into, into the PIXM score. Your OPA is half academics, 40% military and 10% athletics. So if I add up a half of a half, what have I gotten? A
2: quarter. A quarter.
0: Very good. You 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 Bubbled definitely out. did your math. All right. Um, so I guess let's start with putting it in perspective mm-hmm. on where academics is now. I am the dean, and I'm not going to tell you that academics is not important right. because right. I, I I do think that our that our academics um, really lay a foundation for your ability at. Uh, to take on challenges as an officer, but it's more than the grade. It's it's also the the skills that you learn, the preparation that you learn, how to prepare to be prepared. Um, And so the the other aspect that I would say when when we start feeling that pressure of academics, I would like to shift the narrative maybe a little bit Mm -hmm. on thinking about this opportunity to engage in this curriculum, what it's doing is providing opportunities um, to learn those basic skill sets of being ready, being ready for the day, being ready for your duties. And that's a skill set that's going to last you throughout a career, whether that's a career in the military or outside. Mm-hmm. And well, so then, how do I layer on honor? Well, honor is about. Honorable living, right? So let's take it out of just the cheating environment, right? right? But honorable living is about am I have I done what I was supposed to have done to be ready for my what's being expected of me? And I will tell you that sometimes we're not. Uh, there is more than one occasion, probably every week, right? Um, that I that I arrive at something and go, uh oh, I'm not as prepared as I was supposed to have been mm-hmm. for, for this particular thing. And and then that's when I get to be open about where I am. Right. So you all came in this morning, right? right. Um, And uh, and I said, hey, guys, can I have a couple more minutes to prep for this? Mm -hmm. Right. That's actually being a part of honorable living, of owning up when maybe you weren't as prepared as you were supposed to be. So part of it, I think, is when we add honor and, and reverse the narrative about academic stress, and instead look at what do I need to do to be as ready as I can be to be for those commitments that I have. And then if I'm not, to own it. Mm -hmm. And so to me, the idea that I cheat in order to excel at academics is a little antithetical to what we're supposed to be doing here. Because either I need to be as prepared as I can, and then when we know, because it will happen, Okay. It happened to me when I was a cadet of not being ready. I wasn't ready for a paper or a project. And then that's when you need to be honest enough with your instructors to say, I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of two things will happen. Either they'll say, well, too bad. Um, you get a late hit. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll own the late hit. Um, or sometimes a faculty member will go, hey, uh, why don't you turn that in tomorrow? And then all of a sudden the stress went away because it was about developing your habits of not only preparation, but candor. Mm-hmm. And candor is a word that I think ought to be in our vocabulary a little more when we talk about armor.
1: Absolutely, and it's, it's interesting that the stress that I asked in my question, you turned into almost like a refreshment and a, a point of clarity, um, you know, and how we can kind of eliminate the stress and rather,
2: uh, make it a lot more easy for us but so ma'am i'm kind of going off that being ready point so i know that coming here a lot of new dualies just coming straight out of high school might have had that habit of cheating or not being ready and relying on someone else so how do you get into that habit once you're here of being ready and then being able to accept that you weren't ready for this project or being able to live honorably
0: yeah, well, this gets into a, uh, I have a long philosophical talk about uh, about honor generally at the academy and about where I think it's been historically and, and where I hope we see it go. Um, we seem to view honor here as a light switch. Mm. I, and I use this metaphor a lot that, uh, that we bring in you know, 1,200 new dualies, uh into basic training, we give them some talks down at Jack's. And then when they've all got Jack's hack, uh, uh, except for this year, right? Because they all wore masks in Jack's <laughs> right. Valley and uh, they didn't actually get Sold it. it. Sold <laughs> it. Um, we, we we traipse them out on the parade field. They raise their hand, they take the honor oath, and they're instantly honorable. And I don't buy it. We don't treat leadership that way here. We don't treat officership that way here. And I don't believe we should treat I think honor should be a developmental process, um, as well as leadership. Is we start out our dualies learning about uh, about how to do personal leadership, right? And we work our way up that leader of character framework. Mm-hmm. And, and I think honor should be the same way. I think we should engage more with our four degrees about what it means to shift from that culture of cheating in high school that we all know exists to what it means here and it's going to take a relationship to do the development of honor not only with their faculty members but more importantly with their upper class cadets honor if we want it to stop being a light switch and then if we want it to stop being this oppressive oh we're scared of the honor code Honor needs to cease being a taboo subject. It needs to cease being, oh, you don't wanna be over there, right? Um, it needs to be something that we talk about, that we talk about between the three degrees and the four degrees, and the upper two and the lower two, and about what honor means to you. If honor starts to become a part of our narrative, that's when we start to change the culture of the Air Force Council.
2: Thank you, man. That was, that was mm-hmm. great. And I really like the the metaphor of the light switch. I've never really thought of it, never really thought of it that way before. About that, obviously we, we have our
1: living honorably education curriculum and, and, and that's, that's fine and good. And I think that that's one of the things that differentiates us from, um, and obviously the honor code, I think that's, that's something that differentiates us from other academic institutions, but like, what does the academy do, or, or how do you, as the dean of the faculty, um, address the... How do we differentiate, differentiate ourselves from other academic institutions across the country in terms of honor, and how do you talk that narrative to the faculty members as the dean of the faculty?
0: So. I think part of that your underlying question recognizes that that cheating exists at lots of institutes of higher ed- Correct. education. Yes, right. um, and so it really gets down to I think the distinction that so why does it matter here? Mm-hmm. Um and at the end of the day, it matters here because we know what profession we're going in. And I know that everyone gets a little tired of hearing, you know, the, I I hear from cadets all the time, ma'am, if I hear the B-52 story one more time, (laughs) you know, and, um, but I'm not dealing with B-52 stories, right? This is a quiz. Um, uh, so, so, So don't try to make the two things equate. I guess my thoughts on that are that the reason that it matters here it's because it's habits, and and our habits on the little things uh, produce officers who have the the character and the moral fortitude to do the right things when it's hard. Mm-hmm. I talk about so let's take it out of honor a little bit. Um, I'm, I was a JAG, right? Um, and I had a, a baby captain. That's what we called him, right? Brand new JAG. Watch me stand up to a wing commander and to say, sir, I don't think that's the right path. Let's think about this in a slightly different way. The captain said, oh, ma'am, I can't wait till I'm a lieutenant colonel. And I can figure out how to tell a Colonel or a general officer, you know, when they're out to lunch, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you can't wait. You develop those habits very early. And it's about being able to be forthright and candid. Those same habits about candor and forthrightness, I believe have, at least for me, I gained here as a cadet, because the honor code, when you live it, it requires those habits of mind in little ways every day. Mm -hmm. And when you figure it out on the simple things, the little 10 point quiz, where your prof leaves you in the room or in today's environment leaves your remote, um, and you do the right thing on the little things, it makes the more consequential things so much easier mm-hmm. because you've built those habits over time. So going back to your original question, why does it matter here? What, what differentiates the academy and how do you talk to faculty um, and cadets about it? Uh, I think we collectively know um, that not only will our profession demand more of us, as a member of the profession of arms. But also I think our institution does too. And I think it should matter. Uh, Neil, I see your your ring that you've got on right now. Yes, ma'am. It it links us, right? It links us to um, a long blue line where our honor oath, our our desire, our um, commitment to living honorably really links us from 1959 all the way till
1: 2021. Right. Engaging in that like circle of trust that- It does. That,
0: yeah, trust mm-hmm. is an important word that Absolutely. I don't think we talk about enough. Mm-hmm.
2: So kind of going off that trust and, and the idea of, of building these habits of living honorably, uh, a lot of our classes have been moving toward a policy of open note, open resources for quizzes mm-hmm. and GRs. So what can the cadet wing do today in this virtual environment to earn back the trust of the faculty to where it doesn't have to be where we have to have open note, open resource GRs to where people won't compromise their integrity in that in that way?
0: You know, I think that's, a, that's an amazing question. And it's something that's kept me up overnight from Gate till now. <laughs> um, how do we restore trust between cadets and faculty? I heard it just yesterday, Thanksgiving Day, ma'am, why can't I go home? Um, I, uh, why can't I go take my kelk, t- kelk final at home? We need to work a little bit on trust. Um, so what might be some steps, right? Because this isn't just a cadet issue or a faculty issue. It's both. It's our shared issue. Right. And I think one of the ways um, is that we start having more open dialogue about what honor means. Um, we form those relationships uh, between with our faculty and cadets. Uh, because that's really when you get down to trust, it's relationship building. And so how when our when our cadets come to our faculty and talk about honor and what they've learned, that goes a long way to restoring trust. When our faculty, in turn, share War Story Fridays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and share examples of how honor has been a part of their life in places where they've messed up and places where they've learned. I think we start to, to form those bonds of trust and relationships that I think will will move us beyond checking. Um, but I do want to share with you,
1: um,
0: just to put it in some perspective, right, about those open note, uh, open resource. Uh, our faculty knew last spring how hard the remote work was. And candidly, we also knew that we weren't the best at it. We're still learning today, mm-hmm. right? Um, every day that uh, you, uh, you you learn something new about Zoom or Teams, right, uh, right. and about how to try to teach uh, the things that are supposed to be done in a classroom over, over a 2D screen.
2: Right.
0: Um, so i'll I'll just give you one example we had uh in the history of physics we had never had an open note physics 110 exam and our faculty redid the entire physics exam just to be able to make it open note. Mm -hmm. they made it so it wasn't googleable right and they told everybody in physics 110 Pull out your notes. Use whatever class resources you have. We know this is hard. We trust you to do the right thing. And then unfortunately, we had a couple of cadets who didn't just use their notes from class, but instead went to Chegg and say, hey, could you do this problem for me? Not just one problem but the entire exam, they posted it out there, had experts in physics answer the questions, and then they posted the answers so that anybody else could then use it on what was a brand new file designed to enable cadets to live honorably and take this to reduce stress Right? That breaks a lot of trust. And so when I say that I worry, and I had some sleepless nights, Mm -hmm. um, I hope we can engage over the rest of this year. And I've challenged my faculty. We had two priorities for this year. One was honor. Mm -hmm. One was how do we reestablish a culture of honor and reestablish those bonds of trust? I think we still have a little ways to go, but I think The first step is really to recognize how shattered those bounds were by some of the actions in the spring. And then to figure out, so how do we both together, working together to form those relationships between the cadets and faculty, start to reestablish those bonds and trusts so that we can get there.
2: that's a great answer. And kind of going off that, with the Mm -hmm. open note, open resource GRs, may seem that we're almost teaching integrity by force because you can't do anything else. I mean, they proved it wrong in CheckGate that you can, but I mean, it's a lot (laughs) more difficult for someone to cheat this way if it's open note, open resource. So what is the balance between that trust and teaching integrity and how do we get there?
0: So I think um, if we go back to that light switch versus developmental path Mm -hmm. example, what I I would hope is that, we pr- think about it as uh, a, how do we expand the guardrails? So probably in, in my ideal world, right, when we've got a brand new fourth class cadet um, who's learning about honor, maybe the guardrails are a little tighter. And then over time, we expand the guardrails. I'll give you a, a, a better metaphor. <laughs> Do you remember when your parents taught you to drive? Yeah. Yes, Where did you start? Did you did they drop you off in New York City Times Square and and hand you the keys and say have fun? No No man. Oh, man. Oh, I'm going to take a guess. You learned in either your high school parking lot or somewhere in a very quiet, open space with not any other moving vehicles. Yes, ma'am. Is that that fair? That's very fair. I know this because uh, (laughs) I have a a 14-year-old who's about to get his permit. And guess where I'm gonna start him? Air Academy High School parking lot. Don't go drive over the next couple of weeks, (laughs) right? right? Because uh, that's where I'm gonna start. So I think if we approach honor in that same way, right? We start off maybe in a place where you don't hurt yourself as much if you if you err. And then over time, those guardrails, that trust starts to expand. And all of a sudden, I throw the keys at you and, and you're uh, in, uh, in DC traffic on the beltway and I don't even blink, right? Um, where I hope we get to by the time you're a committed cadet mm-hmm. um, is that a, a faculty member can walk in to two degrees and firsties and say, here you go, finish it up, drop it off at my office when you're done. Um, it's closed note, closed book, or it's whatever resources. And a faculty member doesn't even think twice. That's that developmental path that I would encourage us to get to.
2: Mm-hmm. So, would that look like starting four degrees with maybe an open note, open resource policy, and moving more towards?
0: Potentially, or maybe more proctored, okay. right? Um, that whether it's open note or closed note, I think really depends more on what's the the pedagogy and what are we trying to to, to gain out of a particular exam. Um, but maybe we have more oversight, right? Um, I'm expecting you know your documentation statements to be, you know a little bit more robust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that we pay more attention to what those look like, um, and that we in. learn those habits of what's the difference between quoting and paraphrasing and attributing. Um, And we pay a lot of attention very early um, and and give a lot of feedback. Um, And so I think it's less of a difference between the open note versus closed and more of a difference between how intentional we're being um, uh, about uh, kind of monitoring feedback, proctoring, that then probably changes over time.